Welcome to Beyond Body Mass, a podcast designed to create conversation about balancing career, fitness, travel, and living life to the fullest. We're your hosts, Virginia and Chris, and we're the owners of Body Mass Gym and Body Mass Composition Testing. We hope this podcast encourages you to step outside your comfort zone and start creating your ideal life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 19 of the Beyond Body Mass podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm here with Virginia. Uh, We're excited to bring you our 19th episode last week. That's a lot, 19. I know. Getting up there. Who's listened to all 19 so far? It turned from kind of a COVID project into an ongoing one, so we're having really fun doing it. And also because COVID hasn't ended, so maybe this, (laughs) maybe COVID will never end. That's true, and neither will this podcast. <laughs> Lucky you guys. Um, last week we talked about kind of business lessons that we've learned, um, kind of entrepreneur stuff, what we did right, what we did wrong, uh, and things that we would recommend people do when they start their own business. So this week we're kind of flipping the script a little and talking more about a topic a little bit more relevant to Virginia, but also to... And to you. Yeah. And I think people in general, there's like, yeah, applicable yeah. info. And I think as we get into this, I think you can apply a lot of the same things that we were talking to towards people we're talking about is towards people that are on diets or getting into exercise. Yeah, who are looking to add fitness and nutrition as part of their everyday routine and kind of what does that look the like? The challenges that kind of come yeah. with it. Yeah, so what we're what we're going to talk about is... Yeah, um, have we just like led you down a path and you don't even know what we're going to talk about tease, yet? <laughs> is uh, living with a physique competitor. For, so for you guys... That's like Chris, living with a physique competitor, me. Yes. So for you guys that don't know, Virginia has competed uh, in the sport of bodybuilding for how many years? Since 2012, so the first time I started to prep for my first ever show was January 2012, so going on a long time. (laughs) So she's competed in bodybuilding, and for people who aren't overly familiar with bodybuilding as a sport, it's not just uh, what you would traditionally think of bodybuilding as kind of big muscle heads that are all tan. Granted, yes, there's tanning, but... All tanned we'll huge. talk about that. There's different levels of it, uh, and I'll let Virginia it's, kind of talk about the the different categories and kind of where what she does fits in that. Yeah, I kind of like to um, equate the sport of bodybuilding to track and field. Like, there's so many different components to track and field, right? You might be a thrower who's completely different than a sprinter, who's completely different than a long-distance runner. So they all compete in the same sport of track and field, just doing different events. So bodybuilding is similar. Um, Under the umbrella and the sport of bodybuilding, there's different divisions. So for the men, there's three divisions, bodybuilding, classic physique, and men's physique. And then in women's, there's... I don't know, some are kind of like phasing out, some are new, but there's about five divisions. So there's female bodybuilding, which is basically phasing out. There's women's physique, there's figure, there's wellness, there's bikini, and then there's also fitness that kind of fits in the mix. Um, But basically the order that I explained the divisions is based off of uh, the most muscular, leanest, like hardest looking physiques to the most feminine. So 
I used to compete in figure, which is kind of middle of the road, um, middle of the road in the sport of bodybuilding, not to normal people. Um, and it's a more muscular, lean, uh, aesthetic that you're trying to achieve. And I recently switched over. So I competed from 2012 to 2017, did 14 shows, uh, as a figure competitor. So did it for a long time. Um, and then took a little break as we got things rolling with body mass and, just this year decided to switch to bikini which is a less muscular less hard look a little bit more feminine a little bit more fluid and flowy so even though it's i'm still competing in the same sport i'm kind of going after a totally different look yeah and like to kind of give you a general picture it would be like the women that you see on a cover of like like fitness, magazines or like instagram yeah, models yeah fitnessy models that's more like the bikini competitor look the figure competitor look is um, much more muscular and, quite frankly, what some people describe as not really feminine, you know, when you get to a pro level. But when but, you started, it, it didn't look like that. Right. So the sport and the look has evolved immensely in the last eight years. And when I started off competing in figure, the girls who were doing really well, Nicole Wilkins, Aaron Stern, who were winning the figure division. Looked like fitness models. Yeah, it looks like, like bikini, yeah, what yeah. the equivalent yeah. of bikini competitors are now or like more of the fitness model look. So the, the direction of figure evolved to a point that uh, was not natural or conducive to my body and not really what I wanted to do or look I wanted to achieve anymore. So kind of just took a hiatus. So what did you, like, I know this is a weird question, but for people that don't know bodybuilding... What do you mean by like you couldn't do it naturally anymore? So basically as a competitor, you start off, your ultimate goal is to become a pro or most people that are competitive with it. The way you become a professional is first you start off at a local show. If you place, back when I was competing, it was top five. If you place top five at a local show, then you go to a national so level. So the local's show. like a qualifier. A local's like, yeah, like a qualifier. And like most of the local shows I did were, you know, Baltimore, Pennsylvania. We're yeah. pretty close by. Um, then you can qualify for the national level. So national shows, there's like Miami, Vegas, New York, Chicago, Charleston, South Carolina, Pittsburgh. So national shows are kind of, you know, all across the country. And if you place top two at the national level show, then you earn your pro card or you turn professional and then you can start competing to win money. Yeah. So the way I kind of started off is I would regularly place like, I don't know, like sixth, seventh, eighth in national level shows. And each year I would take time off. I would get bigger. I would build more size, more muscle. And then I would come back and still place the same because the other girls were getting bigger and stronger and more muscular on stage. And there kind of comes a point where your body can only achieve so much on its own through nutrition and exercise. So like to be totally blunt, lots of girls take lots of drugs and um, to achieve an aesthetic that they that will allow them to win on stage. And I think that's a decision a lot of competitors have to make at some point is if that's something that you want to do or something that you don't want to do. And um, to me, that wasn't worth it. So. I decided, you know, and that's what you would have needed to do. You think to get yeah. to compete with the current people that are winning. 
Yes, but I still don't know if it would be enough because I think these girls anyways are all already genetically uh, bigger and more muscular anyways. And then the drugs... And work just as hard. Yeah. yeah, it's not about working hard or not working yeah. hard. It's what you're capable of genetically so it, it would and what just you're create, willing to do. It would just create an even playing field where the other people would still probably They're, win. Right, yeah. It's kind of like the Lance Armstrong stuff with the cycling. Like, was everybody blood doping? Probably, but he just was a little bit more genetically advanced responded was, better and worked, right. worked maybe harder yeah, yeah was able to achieve more so it doesn't uh yeah it just was something that i didn't want to do i didn't you know the the look of current figure girls still really impresses me and it's really incredible it's just not for me sure so i decided i kind of want to step away so how did how did bikini offer a more attractive option or why why did it offer a more attractive option when i first ever started competing and people said, oh, you should do bikini, you should do bikini. I was like, I don't, I don't have, you know, fake boobs, putting it out there. Like most competitors have like large implants. And I was like, okay, I don't have that. I don't have the sass. I don't have the attitude. Um, that's just not really me. I'm not really like runway model showy type of girl. I'm more like a tomboy girl and figure kind of fit the more tomboy category. So I was kind of like, man, wrote off bikini. And then last year I went to the Olympia, which is the biggest event in the sport of bodybuilding with one of my friends. And she's not a competitor, but she's really into the bikini division. And we went to ask the, or uh, meet the pros. And she talked to a bunch of the girls she follows on social media. And talking to them and seeing their physiques in person totally did a 180 for my mindset. I was like, wow, these girls are like really down to earth, really hardworking, really just nice some of them really quiet, humble people, even though it looks a lot more flashy and showy on stage. You know, like I just have this connotation that that's how, you know, yeah. how people are all the time. Um, but also when I saw their physiques, I was like, oh, okay, the bikini girls, like, they've got muscle. They've got muscle more like what my natural amount of muscle that I can build is. Like, maybe this is something I could do. And watching them on stage, it just kind of, a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, okay. Maybe I can do this. I think I want to try. And you like the look of the physique? Yes. Now. Not that I did it before, but before I liked the look of the figure girls. Yeah. Um, which has now kind of become the current state of bikini. Okay. So, yeah, definitely they've got like nice uh, hourglass shapes or what they call an X-frame where they're starting to get a little bit broader in their shoulders, a little bit wider in their backs, stronger in their legs and their glutes and smaller in the waist, which is exactly the look that figure was striving for. Sure. So, yeah, but... We want to kind of talk a little bit about what it's like living with a competitor. So let me ask you this question, Chris. Is, was living with me, so Chris has lived with me for a majority of my competitions, I think. When we first started dating, I had only done a couple. But what difference, if any, did you notice of me when I was on, well, first will you explain what prep is and then what was the difference in prep for figure versus prep for bikini? Most bodybuilders do a prep. The prep is just like the weeks leading up to a show where they really focus on their diet and workouts. It's kind of like... It's more like the fat loss phase. Like, it's where you're trying to really drop fat, still build muscle, but yeah, more drop fat good, to look lean on That's a good way, good way to, um, to, to work it. So it's kind of like leading up to the contest, the weeks that they start to take it really, really serious to get in contest preparation. Uh, I mean, contest shape, 
So most do six, 12 to 16 weeks mm-hmm. are the more yeah, muscular. Yeah, like yeah. so for the more muscular like bodybuilding crowd, that usually is coming from a higher fat percentage that they had in the off season. It's 16 weeks and then to kind of the less muscular like bikini or men's physique, they can do it in like 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but during that time, their real sole focus is build, can, trying to continue to build muscle, lose fat, focus on their diet and their training. Their workouts are really, really serious. It's like honing in to like, you got your eye on that end date and you're like honing in to get ready to step on stage and like all systems are go for the competition. Yeah, it's almost like if you guys have studied for like a big exam, like I know people that study for LSATs or any of that type of stuff, it to me that's what it's like is like every free moment you have is devo- for you guys is like devoted to either making food, eating food, or, or training or, or working out. And most bodybuilders, especially amateur ones, obviously have jobs and they have to figure out how do they fit all that stuff in. So the biggest changes that I noticed from when you were doing figure is figure took a lot more work, not just in terms of the workouts, the workouts were definitely longer. With figure, you had to eat a lot more and that required a lot more food preparation because your goal was really trying to gain muscle. So in order to gain muscle, you just have to eat a lot more calories. Where with, very time consuming. Yeah, where with bikini, you are trying to lose just probably more fat and even some muscle at the same time. So I yeah, like- I, that's actually interesting you said. So doing the DEXA scans, I measured it and I'm down. I have 21 pounds less muscle competing in bikini than I do in figure. And yeah. it's not, it wasn't really like a concerted effort. It was more like how my body's normal state is. But it was intentional. You didn't want to be as muscular as you were for... Yeah, it was... I purposely lost muscle, but it's not like I had to really try. Before, I was like trying really hard to yeah. build muscle. And once I stopped trying hard to build muscle, I kind of... I lost muscle and got back to a, uh, the level of bikini. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's true. Um, so I think from a schedule and life standpoint... You spent significantly less time making food yeah. and having to worry about when you were eating. Like yeah. before with figure, you would make food almost every every night for the next day. Or even, even, in the even, even at five four thirty in the morning you were making food. I was not the nicest person in the mornings at five AM when I was running around trying to like get all my food for the day. I mean it was a lot because like our days are so long and we would be gone for 16 hours. And when you're prepping or for me, when I was prepping for figure and I'm gone 16 hours, I'm bringing five to six meals with yeah. me. So I, to sum up your day in, in turn dealing with your day for me, it was, you woke up at four thirty, you made breakfast and then whatever you hadn't made for food for the day, you would make because a lot of times you're eating tilapia and you didn't want to reheat tilapia. Yeah. So you'd cook tilapia, and then from you know five thirty or six in the in the morning till seven or eight o'clock at night, it was train, work, or eat. And yeah. Then, and then work out like that was your day. Yeah. In every single day for. And it was probably like twelve to sixteen week preps, and I was really. You know, I was really strict. There was definitely, like, 
if we were going on vacation, it would be somewhere that has to have a kitchen so I can prep my food if it was, or like pack my food. I like wouldn't really like go out and do social things or if I did, it would like, I would try really hard to have it not be something that revolves around food just because like, it just was really hard to do social things with food and to either not eat or. For 12 to 16 weeks, when you were eating, what you were eating and when you were working out was a calculated. Yeah, it was a major consideration for everything we did. Yeah. Like everything had to revolve around that in some capacity, whether it was making sure you took time to make food to bring someplace right. or if we were going out, it was and that was a lot more rare. Couldn't I get the food I needed there? Yeah. If we traveled, it's where's the gym? How are we gonna work? How are you going to work Where's out? Where's the grocery store nearby? Yeah. How yeah. are you going to work out and do vacation? Um, if it was weeks close to a show, there wasn't going to be a vacation. <laughs> so I think for 16, 12 to 16 weeks, your entire life, whether you realize it or not, and the people around you revolve around you and your diet and exercise. Yes. And, I, and I, for bikini, I didn't feel like that was so much the case. Especially for you because right. you're because you're going from being an already lean person. I didn't have to make an extreme physique change to step yes. on stage for bikini. For figure, I had to make an extreme physique change so my behaviors were more. Yeah. Extreme. So for this one, it was you were just pretty strict with your diet, and you changed your workouts. But your workouts were like if you missed a day, you it wasn't, just, the, end it wasn't the end of the world. You're still really consistent, but like we went on a week long vacation. And you didn't worry about, like, what your workouts were going to be. Right. Whereas with figure, that would not have been the case. Because, like, I would literally have a fear I was losing muscle. I remember at one prep for figure, I'd gotten food poisoning. I was probably, like, six weeks out from a show. And I <laughs> I remember feeling so traumatized because, I like you know, you get food poisoning, you're sick. So you literally, like, don't have anything in your stomach. And then you feel terrible for the next few days. So you don't want to eat anything. And all I could think about was like, I'm literally like, my muscle is all going away. Everything I've worked for is going away. And I think having that type of a mindset in the moment, like, you know, it kind of is what it is. And you think about it in the moment, but like, I don't know, that's, that's not really a good mindset to live with all the time. Whereas with bikini, it's kind of operate in what my norm world is is with just a little bit more of a push. But I, I also think that is not the norm for most people that do a bikini show. No, because my change that I have to make is not so drastic, yeah. whereas most people it is a more They drastic go from change. like a normal physique of what people look like when they just work out and you know pay attention to their diet, so they still have a higher amount of body fat. And then they just have to, then they really have to work on their diet. So I yes. think the norm, the norm for a competitor is to go through what you went through with figure. Right. You, Regardless of what division you're in. Yeah. You were, you were kind of uh, an outlier in that case. And now I'm an anomaly for bikini because I have this muscle, this residual muscle that I've built up from figure and I, my body just naturally doesn't hold on to a lot of body fat. So, yeah. so the changes I have to make from a muscle standpoint isn't drastic. The changes I have to make from a pounds of fat standpoint isn't very yeah, you drastic. You just have to train, change pretty much how you train. So let me ask you this question. Was, was I a nicer person to live with when I was prepping for figure or with bikini? Bikini, by far. 
from a place of love because I know um, live, you know, when, when my life is so hyper-focused on, you know, the food or the training, it's, um, you know, it's not always fair to you and you, I'm very fortunate to live and be married to you who's supportive and who like eats similar to me and like helps me cook and whatnot. Um, but I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I imagine it felt like competing was less of a priority. Not that it was less of a priority, but it probably felt from your perspective, like competing was less of a priority in my eyes as I was prepping for bikini than it was for figure. Like for figure is like yeah. my number one hyper-focused thing yeah. that drives it felt, day. It felt like it was kind of just along the lines of like work. Like it's a big part of your day, but it wasn't the over or the dominating theme of the day versus where we, you did figure literally every decision that you made in terms of scheduling or priorities, it came... Even like with my scheduling private training clients like when I was working yeah I'd be like I can't take clients from this time to this time because I need to work out because that was like my priority well, yeah I need to eat and then that kind of falls on me or yeah. or like whoever the other person but at that point it was you because it was yeah. like the start of body mass yeah it's <laughs> like you have to your your day changes especially because you like to work out at the same time as me so <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I mean, we've had to evolve, but like I usually work out when you work out. Yeah. You, you know, we lived in a we live in a small apartment, so at five four thirty in the morning when you're banging around making tilapia, tilapia, I wake up because that's just the nature the smell of, of fish fills the apartment and wakes them up. And the nature okay. of being in an apartment is you hear that stuff. Yeah. When like at the end of the night when day when we get home like most people sit around and eat dinner and watch tv nope it's make more food and yeah. like so it it's really challenging in that sense of you have to tailor your life to it and i and i have the again the unique experience of i work with you mm-hmm. like you're not just like off at work all day and i don't have to deal with what you have to do there like i you witness me all day yeah so it, it's a real challenge in that sense and i think anyone who has lived with a person that does a competition or somebody that's really doing an extreme diet yeah like you can see why that is really challenging for a relationship because you really get put on the back burner when someone's super super hyper focused yeah. And it took me like a while to get comfortable with that. Not that it's ever easy, but you start to realize like it's just kind of the way it has to be and you just have to help do it. I think as a competitor, I'm very fortunate that you are supportive and you are helpful. Like if there was ever a time that you wanted to eat pizza, like you would do it when you knew I was at work or you knew I was doing something like you wouldn't say, I don't care about you, your diet, whatever. I want pizza. This is what I'm going to eat. You would eat consistent with me you know maybe it was stuff that was slightly different but it's not like you were eating a bunch of junk whereas I know a lot of competitors where their spouse or significant other or friends will just be like well you do you and I'm gonna get these dozen donuts and eat them because that's what I want and they do it in front of you and it's I imagine I've never had to deal with it but I imagine that's really hard and like you don't feel supported and then it probably creates more of a divide so so thank you for uh, being supportive you're welcome but maybe it's just like being a trainer. It helps with 
like my mindset with it because I see how much having a spouse or significant other that doesn't support you when you're trying to make like a lifestyle change in terms of working out and, and, and diet. And you see like how that's such a detriment to success for like clients yes. that are going through that. So I think when I see you do it, I just relate it back to what clients go through and think mm. like, I, I know what it's like for those people to have somebody that's not supportive and how right. that really, from them. how it challenges yes. them or it really hurts them like in terms of their like attitude towards it, but also like their successes, like they almost get sabotaged by right, their right. significant other. So, and when you don't have an end goal, like for me competing on stage, I think it's a little bit easier to stay strong in your mindset. You know, if you were to walk in with pizza, yeah. I'd say, I'm not going to eat that because I know I'm seven on stage and that'll be a detriment. But if you're just doing it for lifestyle, they're like, oh, well, if I do it once, is that going to be the end of the world? Yeah, it can totally sabotage your hard work. Yeah, or, you know, other competitors have have significant others or roommates or people that are around them, their inner circle, that people do that stuff. Yes, and, that, and, 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 they, and they, they do it. Yeah, and they can't... And, the competitor or person doing the diet can't like overcome that and like, right. and, like be like you are. So I, for me, that's what I remind myself is like, I, I know how much like moral support from, from someone else can impact the success for it. And I enjoy, like, I don't ever have any desire to do a competition. That's right. Not, it's not my thing, but can't you guys see Chris on stage, Mr. Uh, flashy no, Shelly? No. Um, <laughs> I'll take my shirt off at the beach. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm kidding. But I like I appreciate bodybuilding. I find it like super cool, and I enjoy watching it. And you know, like we do comp we do scans with competitors, and I've helped train you for it. Yeah. So I I really enjoy doing it. I just have no interest in the actual competing part. The actual yeah step on yeah. Stage. I see what it takes, and I don't ever want to do that. That last like ten percent. Yeah, the last ten percent. I don't mind eating that way, but like you said, look, if I want to have a pizza, I'm gonna have pizza. Yeah. If I want to have a beer, I'm gonna have a beer. That's just. And I also think why it works well for us is a lot of the the types of food that I eat when I'm prepping is similar stuff to what we would eat. Anyways. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's not yeah, that. It's, it's not too far it's off. It's not far off. Like, it's just. When I'm competing, it has to be like measured and specific and at certain times yeah. and certain quantities. And, and that's what's the hard part. It's not the type of food. And for 90% of your prep, I just eat the same thing. Yeah. I just am liberal with... Or sometimes you like add stuff on it. Like yeah. you might, like I might add cheese or whatever. Yeah. Or I just might or eat bread. more. Or, yeah, or I don't worry about like if it's a fatty protein with right. a carb. Like that's stuff you have to consider. But yeah, if I'm really hungry and you had protein and vegetables... And I, I want more food, I might put rice with that. Yeah. So it wasn't really challenging for me in the diet sense or ever has been because, like you said, it's what we already eat. Right. I can see how it would be really, really hard, again, for not just competitors, but people doing diets. And you hear that from clients. It's yeah. like, well, my kids need to eat this or my husband won't eat that. Or yes. My wife is not on board. Like, you're doing that alone. <laughs> Alone? Yeah, I can only imagine how challenging that is because for us, we still can like prep, like make our dinner together and eat our dinner together and like have something that's like on the same page. There's not an argument. Yeah, and I can, not, I can I only know. imagine like you see these at these competitions, especially women who are 
you know, not in their 20s or even some in their 20s that you know have kids at home, you know, they're probably the people that prep the food and make dinner. Yeah. Like, so they're having to make food for their families. And if their family's not on board with this, then they're having to make food for themselves. Like, you're, yeah. you're living a really solo life in terms of eating. In terms of everything, I mean, I think yeah. being, you know, married, working together and not having kids and being on the same page, we can very much just do what we need to do at the moment, whether it's prepping food, go to the gym, sleep, whatever. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, almost like a paradox in terms of it's what's really challenging because I'm around your, in your prep all the time, so I have to deal with it all the time, but it's probably one of the things that saves us at the same point yeah it's like i'm around it all the time and i'm used to it right and we do a lot of the stuff together even if you weren't pre- like if you weren't prepping we usually work out together and yeah. we work out almost every day like if we go to a restaurant like we make healthy considerations yeah. so we don't eat that different like you said yeah like we grocery shop frequently yeah even it's, like yeah it's not too far not not that much is like really changed we like we usually go to bed at the same time that like doesn't change time, yeah. yeah it's like so i think it's challenging this to be around it all the time to have two people that are pretty cohesive with their routine it makes it, it makes it a lot easier and i know it makes it a lot easier for me like Again, just talking to some competitors who I know who have people who aren't supportive of them. Uh, it's, it's not only is it just day to day tough and challenging, but like it takes an emotional toll on you when the people that are in your closest inner circle don't support what it is that you're doing. Um, so, anyways, yeah. so I appreciate that a lot. And that to me, that's like the funny part. Like, I'm not pretending I don't get frustrated with it. Like, mm. sometimes you're just like, God, like how about we just worry about something else other than tilap, like tilap, or like where, what making food or what time yeah. planning, what time we're going to work out. Like sometimes you're just like, God, enough of that. Just relax. Yeah. Just relax for two seconds. I want to hang out, but I don't understand like how you cannot be supportive of somebody that's trying to improve like their body or like their fitness yeah. or health. Like granted, Especially for non-competitive. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, granted, like, I don't... Th- to make clear, like, preparing for a bodybuilding show is not, like, a really healthy thing. And it right. definitely shouldn't be an excuse to, like, get in better shape. Like, if you're going to do it, do it to compete. Don't do not do it to get in shape. That's, right. that's not a smart way to do it. But I think the same thing applies to it of, like... One of my clients was talking about going out to eat and her friends were like ragging on her. She's in fantastic shape and she's been really focused on her diet and nutrition. Uh, and her friends were ragging on her for like, why do you work out so much? And just, you know, just have a drink with me, have a drink with yeah. me. Like you're so boring with it. Like, and she's like, I just don't get why friends and family can't just leave that alone and why they view like you being serious about that as like a bat I as think a it's bat. because they might want to do that oh, themselves sure. and they they aren't able they don't have the discipline the focus the commitment whatever it might be and when they see somebody else that has it like what other way are you you know yeah. not saying that it's right but that's how they take it out is is by acting uh like like that sabotaging yeah. approach but for for me it's doing. just like again it's just a reminder of like yeah sure I might get frustrated with like all that stuff 
but I have to remind myself of like why is if you have a passion that is leads to you getting in better shape like what how why why wouldn't you yeah why it? wouldn't you be supportive of mm-hmm. it and in, in that you see how happy people get like making that change so of course I'm of course I'm gonna back it up well thank you I appreciate you're that. welcome so if you guys follow me on Instagram for the last like I don't know week or so I kind of was doing these like daily prep updates but especially as it got closer to the show um, there was much more stuff that I needed Chris's assistance with and it was funny because um, Nancy commented something on Instagram and said like oh this should be like a reality TV show or like it's like stage moms but better or something like that like those toddler and tiara shows but I want to hear this from yeah Chris's perspective is like okay let's use that phrase bikini husband what is it like being a bikini a bikini husband or like a figure husband like what type of things do you do to help me get ready for a show besides like not the stuff leading up to a prep, but the couple days before a show um, to kind of help me get ready. Like, what kinds of things do you have to do? You carry lots of bags of food yeah. everywhere you go. You... So you help me carry my bags of food. And that was in our vows. Help me carry my bags, bags of, food of food everywhere you go. It has to go everywhere. Um, six packs bag should sponsor mm-hmm. um, you. have to... Spend a lot of money on sparkly bikinis and fake jewelry. No, I, yeah, but I'm talking about like you specifically. What do you have? Well, that's to my do? money too. That's going there. Oh. <laughs> okay, well there we go. <laughs> well, Chris is spending his money on sparkly bikinis too. You have to go shopping at Target for makeup that you will never use for anything else but bikini. That's true, but this time I hired had a makeup artist. That's for my true. Makeup, yeah, that's, so. that was a blessing. Yeah, it's like more, I guess it's more, hiring a makeup artist can be more expensive up front, but like you have to buy the makeup anyways in the stress I'm of not, doing I'm it. not arguing with you. Yeah. I'm just, no, no, just, I'm just saying. saying. You have to take a lot of pictures of you doing your bikini posing. Yeah, like Chris takes a lot of my progress pictures. Like in the morning, I wake up, I like put on my bikini, I put on my heels. I'm like, okay, Chris, I need you to take a picture. And he's like, you know, it's five o'clock in the morning. He's trying to get ready for work. And no, I'm not even out of bed and there's a camera here take pictures. You're out of bed. Barely. Um, you learn how to watch someone do posing and then tell them what to change. Yeah. Like where there's mistakes. Which is like, Chris kind of is smirking as he's saying this, but like he does a really good job. And I think like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I think you, you like it because you want to see me succeed and you want to see me do well. So you kind of like know the things that I need to do to tweak and change it. Yeah. Well, and I like have always been some sort of a coach, whether it was right. like a sports coach or... Or a bikini coach. Or a bikini coach or a trainer. But, like, it's all about, like, watching... Learning how something should be done and then watching someone do it and helping them make corrections. So, as I've watched your opposing coaches help you do it, I've learned what they look for and I can just kind of help you do the same thing. Yeah. So, for me, it's just, like... Do I want to be a bikini posing coach? <laughs> obviously, yeah, Chris would be super good at that, especially uh, the hair flips. Yeah, obviously no, but I like like the strategy, like kind of side of it. Yeah. So I I find that cool. What else? So like, what about like the forty eight hours leading up to a show? What kind of things you have to do? I I don't usually have to do this, but I had to help you with your tanning. So so I think this is probably explain very no, like, for most people. Ex- so explain the tanning. 
So when you are competing, it doesn't matter what complexion you are, what ethnicity you are. Everybody needs a tan on stage because the stage lights are so bright. You literally, when you're standing on stage, you are blinded by the lights and you cannot see a single person in the audience. That's how bright they are. Um, but if you don't have a tan on, number one, you get really washed out. But more importantly, when you're washed out, it hides your definition and so you don't look as muscular, as defined as the people next to you or as you might be. So there's the competition spray tan. It's not like going to the salon and getting a regular spray tan. It's like a much deeper, a much darker color. And you do several coats of it. So you look like a totally unnatural shade of like, it almost starts off kind of like a like coppery, like greenish brown color. And then it turns to more of like, a reddish orange as it evolves over the it's like time. Jersey Shore times like 10. Yeah, but it's like very specific yeah, stuff that but, doesn't reflect. But I mean, it's not good looking. Oh, no. It's definitely not good looking. Yeah, and it's not um, something that you get done at... You a, can't go to a regular yeah. song. I made a mistake once at a show back in 2012... Um, they didn't have any more tanning appointments for the show. I was like, well, I'll just go to a regular salon. The show was in New Jersey. And I said, can I get three coats of the darkest possible spray tan you have? And I was white as a ghost on stage compared to... Yeah, that's how dark it has to be. So for different shows, they have different companies that do the tans. And each company's like color is slightly different. And having done 14 shows before, there's a company called Liquid Sunrays. And I really like the way their color works. But they weren't working at the show. But they have at-home kits you can do. So I said, okay, Chris. Chris hasn't tanned me since 2013 because I've been getting spray tans at shows. But I wanted liquid sunrays. So I got their, uh, the liquid sunrays stuff at home. And what does tanning me entail? You have to cover every inch with tanner. And you like put on like a mitt and you cover it with tanner and then you so just you like pour it. The, the liquid into like a container, like an open container. And it just looks like muddy brown water yeah. in a container. And Chris has a mitt and I just literally, we like spread it out ratty towels in the middle of our living room. And I like stood there as Chris used his mitt to paint his masterpiece. But that's how it was, used to always be done. There's yeah, not before, be a spray, spray tan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you definitely lose modesty real quick in the sport of bodybuilding because if Chris wasn't doing my tan, it's a stranger standing there spray tanning every inch of my body telling me, turn around, okay, lean forward. Like, but if you're a bikini husband and your wife or your significant other asks if they should have you do it or someone else do it, have someone else do it. You did really good. Yeah, but I don't enjoy yeah. doing that. Part. So I had to do, so my show was on Saturday, so I did two coats on Friday night. And then on Saturday morning, I had to do another coat. So Chris literally coated me three times. Then before you go on stage, you have to put glaze on, which sounds like a donut. But glaze is basically like, um, almost like, like a clear oil, like a clear sheen. And basically you just rub that all over your body to give a little bit of like a... Sparkle. Like a sparkle. Like a little bit more of like a sheen to it. So it's not flat and that looking. Um, so yeah, so you got to do that. What other things as a bikini husband do you get to do? Uh, help you take out hair extensions. Oh yeah. He, he does not help me put them in, but he helps me take them out. Um, you have to help me like adjust and tie my suit a lot. Like you have to like have that thing stuck to you. You have to use, it's called a bikini bite. It's basically glue that glues your suit to you. So you have to help me do bikini bite. Um, put jewelry on because you know, I've got these claw fingernails. 
Yeah, you're basically like a... Take a, a lot of pictures. A beauty queen uh, assistant. Exactly. And like Nancy said, there should be a reality TV show there about will, this. There will not be a reality TV um, show about this. But it, it really makes a difference as a competitor having somebody who not just like emotionally supports you throughout the whole journey. You know, it's really like the 16, 12 weeks leading up to it that's like, that's a lot of the work and then this stuff is more the fun stuff. Yeah. But to have somebody who who will help you, who will look at you, who will say like, you've got a little spot here, let me fix this here, let me take your picture here, your hair looks a little funky here. Like that goes a really long way because on stage the judges are assessing all of those details. So to have somebody help you fix that beforehand, yeah. before it becomes something marked down by the judges, goes a long way. Sure. Yeah, so I'm trying to think what other type of things do you have to do? You sit in a theater or an auditorium and you watch hundreds, hundreds of people and hours of people doing the same posing over and over again. So, so I'll give a little rundown of the timeline. So for my show on Saturday, like I got up at 5 a.m. that morning. At about 5.30 a.m., Chris was doing my third coat of tan. By about 6.15, we were out the door. 6.30, we were out the door. Chris drove me to Alexandria so I could do my, like, hair and tanning appointment. I could go to an athlete's meeting. Show started at 10, and Chris was there from 10 o'clock. And the show, the pre-judging, which is the morning part, like Chris said, you watch hundreds and hundreds of people go on stage, um, go, went till, like, 3 o'clock. Then you have an hour of downtime where you just kind of hang around the hotel. Then final starts at 4, and then it goes again all through the evening. So yeah. that is a long day. Yeah, and that's... Sometimes it's days of that. Sometimes it's two. Yeah, sometimes it's multiple days. And, you know, for this show, or like for most shows, I mean, I was probably on stage, what, a total of 60 seconds. Yeah, you do it all. You do all of this stuff to watch someone be on stage for Literally may, maybe seconds. a top three minutes. Yeah. For, for two, going up twice. Yeah. So that, all that stuff. You're kind of like. All, all, all is to have someone do it for three minutes and yeah. then the next day they're somewhat back to normal. So yeah. that's like the hard part with watching it is, you know, everybody's doing it for, just to look good for, two, for, for three short minutes. Of time. Yeah, which is cool. Like, it's cool to see people do that. But, but at the end you're like, I did all that just for, yeah. the, for this, but no, it, it, it's cool to see and, and helping someone go through it really makes you appreciate what they do. Um, it also like is motivating to get you like, working out and you doing yeah. better diet so you kind of get pulled along with it which i think which can be good yeah which, I mean, which usually is usually when is, i'm prepping like you drop I get back to shape. because yeah. you're doing something similar so okay i want to ask three really quick rapid fire questions so you can you no thinking you have to answer yeah. real quick okay out of all of my years competing what is the worst experience you've ever had as helping me through prep or getting ready for a show Worst experience? Yeah. I don't think there was a worst. Oh, that's good. No, like, no times like I was like not nice to you. I mean, there's plenty of those times, but... I like, can recall one time I was trying to put on fake eyelashes for a show. And do you remember we were at the hotel and I was in the bathroom trying to put on fake eyelashes and you like had to ask me some question, like just a normal yeah, question. You, yeah. I snapped. Yeah, you get yelled at a lot for things that you shouldn't get yelled at for. But I had to focus on putting on my eyelashes. Yeah, sure. Um... If you relived life all over again and I chose not to compete versus me choosing to compete, what would you pick? 
Me competing or not competing to live your life? Not competing. Ah, okay. I'm just just curious about it. Um, What has been the biggest lesson learned during any of prep or competing? And it could be something small. It could be something big. Um, You have to, like, put your ego aside and you you get really challenged by uh, that taking priority. I think it's like with anything else when somebody's really all in on something – you have to put your ego aside and your feelings may be hurt or you maybe feel like you're put on the back burner or you may get snapped at for asking oh, asking questions or cutting sweet potatoes the wrong way. And that was only Colleen and that was only one time. But <laughs> you you know, it's a good kind of life lesson of like sometimes even with the people closest to you, you're not the most important thing, but it's cool to see somebody like working towards something and finding like a goal, an end goal that they work really hard to. And sometimes yeah. that's, you know, the more important thing than like you feeling a certain way. Yeah. I know that, I know that's hard to explain, but. I just, I think it's important for people to realize how much your support means to me yeah. and what I do. Cause yeah. I think, you know, so much of people see like me on stage in a bikini and my results and whatever. And it's, it's easy to see like me as this like, center of it but what you do on a daily basis and what you do leading up to it like if it wasn't for that I wouldn't be able to do what I do so sure. having your not just your emotional support but like you there with me day to day like you at all of my shows you like providing encouragement and motivation like that's what goes a long way and that's the stuff that's unseen so I just want to say well, thank, thank you thank you thank you're welcome you. yeah I think a lot of the like the stage husbands, stage wives, like the support crew of all these people who are competing, um, you know, maybe get overlooked a lot. So I just want to say thank you for that. You're welcome. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah. Well, hopefully that was a little bit interesting and insightful. If you guys have any other uh, questions or you need Chris's tanning services, he's available. No, retired. Retired tanner. <laughs> One and done. Um, but anyways, thank you guys for tuning in for this week's episode of Beyond Body Mass. Um, If you guys don't already follow us on Instagram, that's where we'll post a lot of our updates. Um, But be sure to share this with other people. We like, uh, you know, spreading out to other people and hearing your guys' feedback. See ya. Bye.